live one here. <laughs> Get the funk up for this episode of the Press Rewind Prince Lyrics Podcast. On this episode, we're going to be covering the sample-heavy dance hit, Bat Dance, from the Batman album. And joining me on this episode is Edgar Krause. Welcome back to the show, Edgar. Hi, Jason. So, Edgar, we, we last were on uh, another Love Sexy track. We did Glam Slam, I believe. Yeah. And that was a single, and so now we're doing another single. This is the biggest single from the Batman soundtrack, the very first track released off the album, Bat Dance. Yeah. So as somebody who was alive in 1989, just like me, what memories of the Batman era, film, album, any um, subsequent tours that happened shortly after the release of the album? What do you want to share with the listeners about your experiences with this project? Uh, well, I have been a Batman fan longer than I've been a Prince fan. So. So, so, so to me, it was two worlds colliding when, when this album happened. You know, I, I grew up with reruns of the 1960s TV show on, on the television. And my grandma had the old Silver Age comic books laying around. And I, I used to read it every time I visited her. So, so those are the, the, the Batman memories that I have. And when my next door neighbor's son moved out of the house, his mother gave me his collected newspaper uh, clippings. With, with, with comic strips from the 1960s, early 70s. So, so. Batman has been a part of, of my entire youth, um, actually. And uh, so, so then in 1984, uh, the American Batman comics were starting to be released in, in Dutch uh, on a monthly basis, um, starting with the origin story, The Untold Legend of the Batman, which is still one of my favorite uh, Batman uh, uh, comics. And I was 10 at the time, and, and I had been growing up with those more silly and goofy uh, Batman stories. And then... Uh, as I was getting older, uh, the, the character also started uh, to become more serious. So, so I grew up, I literally grew up along with the character. So 1984 was for, for a lot of people uh, it, it, uh, the, the year of Purple Rain. Um, well, not for me. <laughs> I, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't uh, even take notice of Prince un, until a year later. But 1984 was the year of the Batman for me. Um, wow. So, 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 and, and as the years progressed, I grew older, I went to high school, and then the Batman stories started getting more serious and more serious, and it really fit my age at that point. Uh, so then the Dark Knight Returns was released, and that was, well, it blew my mind, and two years later, the quite disturbing, uh, the killing joke came out, and I was 14 at the time, and, uh, well, it was really a, a, quite a shocking growing up moment, so, so. Shortly after it was announced that Prince was doing the, the soundtrack for, for the Batman movie that was coming, it was, like I said, it was like two worlds colliding. It was it was perfect, like a perfect storm for me. Yeah, I can imagine that would be really exciting um, for somebody who is yeah. a, a major fan of both the comic book slash uh, superhero character and, of course, the musician. Yeah. Um, I was more of a Prince fan than I was a Batman fan, although I was really excited for the film because it was just, you know, this big spectacle. And I guess um, everybody was excited for the film if you had a pulse in 1989. Yeah. It just was something new, you know, right? I mean, 
yeah. superhero movies had fallen a little bit out of favor. There wasn't even that many being released by the late 80s anymore. And then as far as Prince's involvement, and I mentioned this in other episodes, I was excited to see him attached to such a high-profile uh, event um, after, yeah. after Love Sexy, which in the United States was kind of perceived in pop circles and in the mainstream media as being a little bit of a failure. It yeah. only um, had one top 10 pop single. Um, you know, you just didn't, the, the tour was its own thing, but as far as yeah. like the album and the singles released from it, it wasn't as big of a hit. So I was ready for him to get back on top and I was really hoping Batman would do it. And, it, and I guess it did. Right. Yeah. And here in Europe, it was the other way around. He was love. Sexy was his here in Europe was his peak moment. Love. Sexy was our purple rain. Uh, generally speaking for, for, for most Europeans. Uh, and then came Batman and there was, you know, I, I, I vividly remember sitting in the back of my grandmother's car when it was announced on the radio that, that Prince's new single Batman put me on soon. Um, and it was right off the heels of, of Love Sexy and I'd been playing the Dortmund uh, concert on my Walkman for, for hours and then. And in my mind, this had to be the, 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 the best song ever. Uh, and I, I had pictured uh, the, the complete Love Sexy band uh, because that was the Prince I had known at that point. I, I had seen two shows at that point, uh, a Science of Times tour and, and the Love Sexy tour. And, and well, that band was was attached to Prince as much as, as he was his own thing. And then um, I, I figured I would be hearing Cat again. I would be hearing Eric Leeds again, uh, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, so I asked my grandmother to turn up the radio because, well, this was going to be the best song ever. Um, and then Batman Dance came on, and <laughs> I was majorly disappointed uh, because, well, it wasn't what I expected. Sure. And it, it was it was so different, and, and it was not the band that I was used to. Um, and, and supposedly, uh, uh, I, I turned all pale. And uh, for months, I had to hear, <laughs> I had to hear on family gatherings that I, I looked cops back <laughs> the moment that song first came on. But but I learned to love the song in the meantime, and I pre- I appreciate that dance for what it is. Yeah, I mean I can understand that um, that reaction, but generally speaking, Bat Dance was an enormous hit all around the world. Like yeah. we I know, and people in the United States know that it was his fourth number one hit <clears throat> after When Doves Cry, Let's Go Crazy, and Kiss. This was the fourth fourth print single in the United States to go to number one on the pop charts. Only talking about the pop charts. Mm-hmm. But it was a massive hit all over the world. I'm like looking at uh, Wikipedia, the weekly chart performance for Batman or Bat Dance went number one in Canada, went number one in New Zealand, Norway, Switzerland, uh, went number one on various US charts, it's dance charts, the R and B and hip hop charts. Um, it went top five in other many other countries, France and Belgium and Germany and Denmark and Italy and New Zealand or not. I already said New Zealand, uh, the Netherlands. It was top number four in the Netherlands. So it yeah, was yeah. big hit um, all over the world, all over the world. And Absolutely. For such a unique song, I think that that is pretty fascinating. I mean, not to say that other Prince's other number one songs were not unique because that's really kind of the common denominator thus far of prince's number one songs with maybe the exception of let's go crazy were all pretty unique sounding prince songs when doves cry super unique nobody else could do something like that nobody else has done something like that 
Kiss. What a weird song, right? <laughs> it was yeah. a number one hit. He's singing in this falsetto. It's got a very simple guitar line. Uh, he screams at the end, but it went to number one. And just something about these very special, unique, interesting print songs that just grab people's attention and just like, this is a print song that I can really get behind, even if it's um, something I've never heard before, or maybe because it's something I've never heard before. Yeah. And uh, you could argue in some cases that this 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 song, Bad Dance, uh, it, it, it went along with the, with the movie hype. But for instance, in the Netherlands, the movie didn't come out until later in the year. So we didn't see the movie uh, at that point uh, in time. But all we had, uh, as far as the Batman hype was concerned, was that one single at that point. So it, it, was, it was a unique uh, and it, it had of course it had something to do with the movie but not everything can be contributed to that movie because we mm -hmm. hadn't seen it yet right yeah there's definitely some of it that is just because it's Prince and it's because of who he was and his success that yeah. led to the success of the soundtrack in parts of the parts of the world that had nothing to do with Batman you're absolutely no. right uh, so Bat Dance is the final track on the album and I think it's actually a really fitting location or placement in the track listing, having it <clears throat> come in last, uh, largely yeah. because it's, you know, it's upbeat, it's danceable, it's a fun way to end the album, but also because it adds so many or incorporates so many samples from the film. It incorporates callbacks to different songs that were on the album previously, like The Future and Electric Chair. Uh, and in, in the flip side of this song in the United States, and I'm not sure about other countries, was 200 Balloons. Same here. So, yeah, there's samples of the B-side in this song, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, because if you didn't buy the single, you wouldn't know where these samples came from because 200 Balloons wasn't on the album. So just because of all of that, I like how it closes the album. It's It's like a really fitting bow to go on the the package of bat dance or batman soundtrack yeah it could be but it also could have been the album opener like an overture uh introducing these various segments from what you were about to hear later on on the album but but i agree with you that having it as a last song is probably the best place in the album yeah i mean i, I get what you're saying but i just can't hear it anywhere but <laughs> but as final song on the record at this point no. Um, so yeah, anyway, big hit, big hit. It was, uh, the last song created for the Batman soundtrack. According to Prince Vault, it was recorded in sometime in March of 1989. And it was intended to replace a song called, uh, Dance with the Devil. Yeah. Which ended up not being released in which any it, form or fashion. Which is a terrible shame. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it would have made a great B-side. I'm not sure why... He never even considered it as a Batman era B side, no, but he didn't. Should, no, I, I really think it, you know uh, uh, you already covered Scandalous, but it, it would have been a perfect B side for that because he recycled when two are in love for Scandalous, which I know to, yeah. to me is, is is very weird. Why why put an album a song from another album as the B side of the new album? Oh well, yeah, especially when you have a really strong. Under yeah. you know unreleased track that had been considered and was pretty much going to be on the album until I don't know if the story is that uh, Tim Burton didn't want it 
um, in the movie. And so then when Prince heard that, he's just like, forget it. I'll just come up with something new. Or he was just inspired to create this crazy concoction of sounds and samples and just was like, well, I guess the song that has to go is Dance with the Devil. Not sure. Yeah. Uh, maybe he found it too dark, you know, like he he, uh, he, he has to, he has to delete it, uh, the, the Black Album uh, two years prior because he found the songs on that too dark. And Dance with the Devil is a very dark song, so maybe mm-hmm. that's what he, he, why he pulled it. I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, I mean, is, it is one of the, the great lost tracks, if you ask me. Yeah, the future is pretty dark, too, but maybe yeah. it's maybe it's he didn't want to, you know, that many dark songs on a soundtrack that was supposed to appeal to a large population of uh, potential buyers, yeah. consumers. Pro- probably. Uh, let's see. So one other things I wanted to mention about the song before we start digging into it a little further it's kind of alluded to there's quite a few samples of Prince songs in this song. Some of them released, some of them unreleased. Yeah. So I'm assuming you got the same information I have where. Yeah. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to touch on some of the unreleased stuff. Later, yeah, please do. Uh, when, please do. When, when they are actually sampled. Yep. Yep. We'll we'll kind of uh, put a, uh, a tab fold over the page of the notebook on that one and and return back to it when it makes the most sense when those samples show up in in the song itself but yeah so he samples himself quite a bit samples the movie a lot uh, and then and then sprinkles in some original lines and uh one thing that honestly edgar i never really knew or didn't really pay attention before doing a whole lot of research for this for this podcast episode is he um it's apparently he utilized one of his um his tech crew members to yeah. sing or scream i should say some of the lines in the song yeah. which i always thought were was prince no no it, it, it isn't uh, it, it, uh, matthew larson the, the, the technician uh, uh, you're talking about is actually yep. in the credits so if you read the booklet you can you can see him there and um but for, for years, I've been wondering uh, what he, he was doing there. Um, like you said, I, I, I also thought it was Prince. And then um, in a recent interview, he came forward to say, no, that's, that's me. Yeah, right. I mean, he's in the credits, but I never really. Well, first of all, when I was younger, I didn't wasn't paying attention. I was just listening to the song. But then when I got older, I saw his name. But I'm like, well, I don't know what he did, though. Um, <laughs> And now, yeah, he came forward and kind of gave all of us a peek into the the creative process. And um, one of the very more famous, famous lines that kind of opens up the song is one that he sings or screams, get the funk up. And that's that's Matthew, I believe. Yeah, And and he actually had to re-record it. Because it uh, was originally get the fuck up. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not sure how why Prince thought that that was going to fly on a soundtrack no. for a, a major motion picture that was that going man, to be heavily be scrutinized. Heavily yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not not gonna not gonna work, Prince. Sorry. So he had to re-record <laughs> that, but it it does call back a little bit to the whole fuck funk debate yeah. from Erotic City from five years prior. So. He yep. was still mining that uh, that kind of um, trickery, language trickery. Yeah. 
And a year later, he would do, would do the same again with Weekend Funk on, on Confini Bridge. So. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right. Um, there's there's remixes for Bad Dance out there. I, there's some that have been released, some that are unreleased. The one that I find fascinating that's been unreleased was one by a, a, a producer named John Luongo. And it features the rapper Big Daddy Kane on it, which I was oh. a big fan of Big Daddy Kane back in the day. So I'd love to hear this version with his rap on it, but I've never listened to it. Have you ever heard oh, it? I haven't heard it. No, I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, according to Prince Fault, there's a version of the remix version of Bat Dance that has a rap by Big Daddy Kane. So who I knows? Should, I should dig, I should find that. I want to hear it. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but yeah, there's like the, the list of remixes and different versions of this song is quite long and I'm not going to go through all of them, but people can check them out or look it up if you want. There's a William Orbit and Mark Moore version. Yeah, just I know like, yeah, like he did with other remixes around this time. He used the same crew. Yeah. And, and, and um, there was the, the live version, which to me was quite disappointing. Uh, I, I saw the, 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 the shows in... Uh, 1990 which were well the, the new tour was sort of sort of a batman tour but at the same time it wasn't and it, it, it was just like a long groove um and it became quite boring uh during those concerts so i'm mm -hmm. not a big fan of the live version of the of the song hmm. yeah yeah i can imagine this song really not translating that well in a live setting there's just um, just too much going on and and without all of the stuff going on it isn't as interesting of a song like you need all of the different samples coming in and out um yeah. you need you need the, the the aspects of the song that make it creative and unique and interesting and without it it's just kind of a basic jam you know there's not yeah. musically it's not as complex although i do like how and we'll get to it as we go through the song how it does change up the music throughout it isn't steady and stay the same which was oh. um something i really enjoyed about the song too it's almost like it had different um different chapters that you had to yeah work yeah through. absolutely it's it's like a like a mini movie yeah, yeah exactly so bat dance today i guess depends on who you talk to but there's folks out there that look at the song as kind of a joke novelty type track in Prince's discography, kind of in the same vein of 80s novelty tracks like Pac-Man Fever or, I mean, like uh, Stars on 45, just something that is of the time, doesn't really translate beyond the the, <laughs> the era that it was released in. But for me, uh, honestly, I love this song. I loved it back then, and I love it today, and I'm unabashedly a fan of Bat Dance. I... I love the shit out of this song, and I don't know why. I can't explain it. I don't really need to explain it. I just love it. Um, oh, I think I just love the chaotic energy out of it. I just love everything about the chaos and the confusion and the the mixing and mashing of of different styles and samples. Yeah, it just absolutely. to me comes across as massively creative. What What are your thoughts on the song today, Edgar? Well, I, I, like I said, when I first heard it, I was majorly disappointed, but uh, I. That was mostly because I was expecting something in the, in the vein of Love Sexy or Sign of the Times, something that sounded like that. And and one thing I've come to appreciate while I was growing older is that Prince would refuse to be stuck within 
one sound. And um, and here you you have uh, well you you have him breaking out of any conventional genre and and, and doing well basically everything he 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 feels like that's 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 how it feels. And to me, um, I, I still love it. It's 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 an amazing song, and um, I, I I know every single minute of it um and I, I i i love every break every every sample i like i love the guitar solo and it, it's it's probably one of his best that, uh and people uh, uh make fun of me sometimes saying no no it's not as but yeah it, to me it's one of his best guitar solos so yeah i love the track um i still do Mm-hmm. I mean, just to just to bounce off of the, your point about a defying genre. I mean, if I take a look at the different Billboard charts that it charted in, mm-hmm. so it charted, of course, on the Billboard Hot 100, which is basically the pop charts. Yeah. It uh, went to number one on the dance charts. Makes sense. It's a very danceable yeah. song. It's yeah. made for club play. Um, it charted. Went to number one on the R and B and hip hop charts. And which it even charted, yeah. which also makes sense, but it also charted on something called the Alternative Airplay Charts, which was probably pretty new, a new chart for the late 80s, which that one to me makes less sense. But it also is fascinating to me that it was kind of so avant-garde that it was almost considered alternative, like alternative yeah. music. Well, well, it is kind of, well, that, that's what I like about Prince. He's, he's like an indie artist disguised as, as a as a global superstar. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and, and this song is, is just him doing whatever he wants and it can go anywhere. And 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 and, and you, you you can be an alternative rock fan and like this song. You could be an R and B or hip hop fan and like this song. And you can be a regular pop fan and like this song. So and and that's that's quite an achievement. Mm-hmm. Absolutely it is, and I think that is just an indicator of how this song was so widely received is because it could be played on so many different formats and, uh, you know, radio formats and and make complete sense for it to do so. Um, Nobody would balk at this song being played on a, you know, a college radio station because it is so kind of weird uh, and out there. Let's talk. I was a bit that it didn't end up in the movie. Yeah, I, I yeah. hoped it would be uh, at, at the end credits or something like that, but it wasn't. Nope, they chose scandals and said so. Yeah. Oh, would have well. made sense, but you know it is what it is. Um, let's talk a little bit about uh, inspiration, Prince's inspiration, or maybe other that were inspired by him. It's always, I think, it's more fun to me to to think about who maybe Prince was inspired by, if anybody for the creation of a song and when it comes to bat dance you know my mind immediately goes to dance music and hip-hop music yeah absolutely so it, it just, like it just inspiration takes sampling to a whole new level yeah so sampling was just starting in the late 80s to become a really important aspect of rap music being released at that time prior to like 87 88 most rap music was really had like really simple drum machine beats, uh, maybe some guitar in there, or just sampling, you know, disco songs from the seventies, early eighties. But uh, this uh, the sampling part of 
of rap was really starting to become part of, more in the forefront of the creative process and you know a band like uh, a rap group like public enemy was making waves with their creative uses of sampling on it takes a nation of millions to hold us back which was released a year prior in 1988 but two of the biggest touch points of of rap music sampling came out in 1989 but i don't think i don't necessarily think they were inspirations because they were actually either released at the same time or after bat dance was recorded one of them being De La Soul's Three Feet High and Rising, which was yeah. released in March of 1989. So it's hard for me to believe that the same month that he's creating Bat Dance, uh, he was tuned into this underground hip-hop group that had not broken through yet, did not have oh. a big hit, was just kind of, nobody had heard of him a whole lot outside of you know New York City, maybe. And then the other one being the Beastie Boys' Paul's paul's boutique which was released in the summer of 1989 after the song was made so i'm wondering if his inspiration was more from like dance music as well which was starting to incorporate sampling in some of the the club songs that were being released or at least remixes of of existing songs do you have any thoughts on that I, I believe it, it, that's that's true because there, there at one point there is the, the sample uh, house which uh, we'll get to when we get to the lyrics but uh, you know uh, that that specific sample was taken from from house in order which in turn is sampled in 200 balloons but uh, but um, the, the the term house music uh, was was just uh, becoming uh, uh, well a household name at that point and he I'm pretty sure he deliberately put that in there as, as of not to, to let people know where he came from with this mm-hmm. song. And yeah, I, and, I think so too. You know, uh, Kat, of course, uh, she, she was no longer in the picture here, but uh, she did the last shows with him in February of '89, uh, and um, and she was, uh, of course, uh, coming from from that dance uh, uh, background. The house mm-hmm. backgrounds, so so I'm pretty sure he was he was influenced by that. Yeah, I think so too. And and one song that I brought up in a previous episode, but I'll bring it up here because I think it makes a lot of sense in terms of potential inspiration. I mean, we're just speculating, of course. Yeah. Would be uh, the p- song "Pump Up the Volume" by Mars. Yeah, by Mars. I love it equally as much. You know. Oh, I equally could... as much. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a great song. I love it. <laughs> But it but it has a lot of samples in it. So you know, yeah. it, it of course samples Eric B and Rakim for the pump up the volume, pump up the volume, kind of chorus, and then it's got famous James Brown samples that everybody can recognize. But then there's of course more obscure samples throughout as well. But yeah. that that came out before Bat Dance. That was you know a pretty big hit before Bat Dance. So yeah. he might have thought of, or might have heard that song, and you know, like a lot of people who listen to it really was taken aback by the creativity around the samples like it wasn't just i'm going to take this break beat from a disco song and just rap over it oh. this is like snippets and and little uh pieces of songs that are just thrown into something that was already created like as a as a bass track and to do it in a way where it um it adds to the song instead of just detracting or 
uh, you know, confusing people. Like it's, it just all melds together so seamlessly when it's all put together like that. And that's where these hip hop artists of the late eighties, early nineties were doing sampling as a creative form of music. Like they were creating new music from old samples and adding so many layers to the samples and, and speeding them up and slowing them down that sometimes you don't even recognize it was a sample. You couldn't even tell. Uh, and so the, this song has so many samples that it's almost like you have to, uh, like you miss some of them, I think. And and if you're not paying attention, you can easily miss some samples or you like, you're still trying to think, where was this sample come from? But you're already three samples behind. <laughs> <laughs> still thinking about the one that you're trying to remember where that came from or what part of the movie did that come from? Or it just, a, it's just a very cool way of creating music for the pop charts that a lot of people hadn't heard prior to like 88 89 it just wasn't something being done so he was still oh, it was fresh a little on the cutting it. edge yeah a little on the cutting edge with this one i have to admit yeah. that's why he was on the alternative charts as well yeah was, right was pump, i mean let's pump up the volume uh, on the alternative charts i can't I, imagine I, it happening i'm not sure i'd have to look that up but um uh, i don't know I don't know, definitely the dance charts, and I know the pop charts, but... It's, it's, it's for, for me, as a Dutch man, it, I find it difficult uh, to, to have all these different charts. We here in the Netherlands only have one chart, and every, <laughs> everything is in there. Hip-hop, rock, pop, anything. I, I find it very interesting, because uh, it, gives, it also gives uh, uh, a lot of artists more room to, to be in any chart. We, we here have... Uh, in, 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 in 89, we had two charts, um, which, which were both competing charts. Uh, um, one was the top 100, and the other one was the top 40. And the top 40 is, is the, 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 the most widely recognized chart here, uh, and that the top 100 was, uh, was like, back in the day, uh, an attempt to, to have more room for more artists because of, because of the way the charts are uh, are, are compiled, uh, but if you have like an R&B chart and a an alternative chart and a pop chart, you can add a lot more artists and a lot of there's a lot more room for more artists. And I quite like that. So I, I quite like the American system as well. Yeah, I mean, being that it's it's done that way, you're right. It does allow somebody who's maybe not a crossover success, meaning like crossed over to the entire population of the United States, but very pop, very, very popular in a specific market or in a specific genre to still, you know, kind of earn that notoriety and, yeah. um, and, you know, just accolades, I guess, that comes along with being very successful in your lane. Yeah. It's when you can cross over to different lanes where you make it to the pop charts. But I mean, as far as a metric for success, Yes, I do think that that is a value-added part of the uh, the charting system that the United States had because there's more than one met. There should be more than one metric for success, and it shouldn't just be pop crossover appeal. No, absolutely. All right. So the other only other real thing I wanted to mention about Bat Dance is a kind of fast. Well, a couple things, I guess. So the one I was going to mention because I found there to be an interesting, what I consider an interesting um, parallel. For Bat Dance, which is, you can look at Bat Dance as being kind of like a promotional song for the film with all the samples yeah. and, um, you know, 
singing of the word Batman in the chorus and just being very Batman centric. A song like The Future or Arms of Orion, they're not going to be so obviously tied to the film. Batman is clearly tied to the film. There's no question about it. If you uh, remember to uh, a few years later, when the Symbol album was released, Prince on on the seven single had a song called To Whom It May Concern. Remember that song? I remember it, yeah. <laughs> and that's basically like a commercial for, yep, you know, his, his own version of his commercial for the album, the Symbol yeah. album. And what he does there is a little bit of a similar thing where yeah. he incorporates pieces of, of the songs but that are on the Symbol album, but doing it, you know, instead of just sampling them, he's like singing pieces or choruses or hooks from those songs. And it just kind of reminds me like, I wonder if he thought, like, I really liked doing that. I thought it was a neat way, an interesting way to to build hype for a project of mine. This one was a build hype for a project that wasn't his, for a movie that he had nothing yeah. to do with, versus building hype for his own album. So I just well, that's, I made that's that a good tonight. connection. I, I did not think of it, but, but, but you could be onto something here. Yeah, I mean, whether or not it was conscious or subconscious, I don't know. But I, I think that there's some similarities there. Yeah, absolutely. And the the way this uh, to whom it may concern is built, there are definitely similarities. And then the other thing I wanted to mention about just real briefly was the video, just because the video was a big piece of the promotional part of this this song and this tour or this album as well. He brought back Albert Albert Magnoli, who was the Purple Rain director, of course. Okay to direct this video. Um, do you remember seeing the video much, Edgar, at the yeah. time? Yeah, I loved it. <laughs> but what I like about it is the, the way that it incorporates the Batman I grew up with. The jokers that can be seen in this video are very much uh, uh, designed to be the jokers uh, from the 1960s TV uh, uh, show. They're mm-hmm. not modeled after Jack Nicholson. And, and there are really all kinds of little nods to those comics book comic books i loved uh, you know the, at one point there's this vicky phil character coming uh, uh in with, with a t-shirt that says all this and brains too and that that's <laughs> yeah. Dar- yeah that's dar- that's a direct uh, a link to the dark knight returns uh, comic book where uh, one of one tv host is wearing the exact same shirt and at and at another point, uh, one of the Vicky Vale characters, uh, two of the Vicky Vale characters, are showing off their tattoos, and those tattoos are uh, based on drawings by Brian Bolland uh, from the book the, the 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 Killing Joke. And Brian Bolland would go on to to do the cover artwork for Prince's Alter Ego comic. So I, I like all those little knots and and things that yeah, the details they, they're just too much fun. Yeah, the video is great. The video is great yeah. for all the reasons you already cited. It's just a, a real fun video. Throughout the years, Prince has always been battling good versus evil uh, within his 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 songs, within his performances, and he does so in this this video as well. Mm-hmm. He actually plays two characters, so that that's what I like as well. All right. Well, I think we've had enough lead up. So yeah. let's. Uh, <laughs> it was. There's a lot to talk about with this song. I, well, I prob- prob- probably more than than about the lyrics because the lyrics <laughs> yeah. don't quite make sense. Yeah, yeah. It's. Mo- I think mostly what we're going to be doing is just pointing out uh, interesting samples and 
and kind of uh, giving context to some of the lines in the song. So the song starts off before there's any music with a, a sample from from Batman. Of course, it's the Joker. Oh, I got a live one here, and then he you know laughs hysterically. Yeah. Um, I know that you did this as well, and I have a few. I know a few of where these samples came from, and the internet has helped me. But this one is from, if I recall correctly, the the part of the movie where the Joker like electrocutes some mob henchman yeah. or mob boss or something like that. Yeah. And so he like, yeah, that's where it comes from. It's like he's playing a joke, you know. He's he's trying to be a funny guy. <laughs> yeah. Have you have you seen the movie The Dark Knight? Uh, by Christopher Nolan, the, the other yes. Batman uh, series. Yep. In more than one ways, this the, the Dark Knight is, is is more or less a remake uh, uh, from from this movie. You know, this scene here, he electrocutes a gangster, uh, and in the Dark Knight, uh, the Joker is introduced to to the mob of Gotham City by exactly doing the same. He kills a gangster. There he does it with a, with a pencil, and here he he electrocutes it. And there are more things in this movie that are more or less exactly the same as in as in the dark knight which is which is fun mm -hmm. yeah no i didn't i didn't really make that connection but yeah that's a good point All right, so then we get the lines, get the funk up, which are being yelled by who we believe is, um, what's his name, Matthew? Matthew, Matthew Larson. Larson. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got, uh, in between the lines, get the funk up, you hear Batman, which is a callback to the 60s TV yeah. show, because, you know, Batman. So it's that kind of Batman. Do you know if this is a sample from from that actually Batman theme, or or is is it is it uh, newly recorded? I, I I haven't been able to find that. I haven't found it either, but if my instinct is that it's newly recorded. Yeah, because I think that's something it, simple enough that he could re-record. Yeah, and it's and it's of course fun because one of the first songs he learned to play on the piano was that Batman theme um, back back in the nineteen sixties. So. It all mm -hmm. it all comes together here. Yeah, I think it's re-recorded, but I don't know this for a fact. I'm just speculating. No. So after a couple of those, we get the another sample from the Joker. Go 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 with a smile. Then you hear yeah. bat dance, and then you get a first sample from um, Two Hundred Balloons. The do it. Uh, yeah. That's gonna that's gonna get repeated throughout the song. That do it, uh, two hundred balloon sample. So you'll hear that more than once. <laughs> yeah. um, and then we have one of another one of Prince's kind of huh interesting lines that he says in the song. Keep busting. Yeah. Um, again, that will be repeated throughout the song or periodically throughout the song as well. And then we get some more samples from or. See now, is this a? I wonder if this is a sample or is this just him redoing lines? Yeah. I think he's redoing it. 
different tone version what, what i find interesting here is that uh, the future uh, all the songs in the album are, are, are attributed to to a character from the movie and the future uh, is on the first track on the album is is batman and here all these uh, these samples from from the songs we will get to to the electric chair later they are all uh, 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 not to attributed to those characters but to gemini instead so that 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 character that he, he introduced in the in the video, so um, this uh, to to me I find interesting. You you had uh, uh, a few episodes ago, uh, you you were discussing uh, the song uh, Vicky Waiting uh, with Julian Long, and mm -hmm. uh, you you debated on who is actually singing the song and who is actually uh, <laughs> and and what he does here um, by attributing uh, these lines. To the Gemini character is actually saying, you know, what what you were onto there is probably right. He he is approaching it from two different sides. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. So I've seen the future and it will be. I've seen the future and it will be Batman, and then we get the house. Do it, yeah. house. And there's that's that's the callback to, um, I believe, the uh, sample from House in Order, right? Yeah. And which is weird because House and Order is is a song from later, but but we know Prince worked with Mavis Staples in in the summer of 1988 in London. So mm -hmm. my guess is they did an early take of House and Order at that point, and he just used it here and in 200 Blooms, of course. Yeah, and he just sat on it for a few years before finally, you know, finalizing yeah. it or finishing it with her and getting yeah. it out there. Yeah, yeah, that seems the most likely. The most logical explanation for how there's a <laughs> a sample from an unreleased song back in 1989 is that it was likely finished way before it was actually released. What I found interesting as well about uh, uh, the, the the line "I've seen the future" and you have to have the video with that as well, um, because if if you look at it in the booklet of the of the Batman album, you say it says that is Gemini singing this. But if you look in the video, you see the Prince character singing these lines. So he's playing with who is doing what uh, here as well. Yeah, yeah. Not to be confusing, right? No. <laughs> <laughs> he likes to keep us on our toes. Um, we get the another Joker sample, and where and where is the Batman? Which, which is actually a very valid sample, because Batman is hardly visible in this track um it's all bruce wayne or or or, or vicky Vale or joker and, and batman pops up near the end a little bit but mm -hmm. basically he's batman is as good as absent um <laughs> within the batman's that batman song yeah no you're right you're right he really and that that's that's kind of ironic you know that he chose that sample um the yeah. samples pulled from the the parade scene that ended up being yeah tracked over uh trust trust so trust was the song that was tracked over the the parade scene where the joker says who can you trust me i'm giving out free money and where's the batman 
he's at home washing his tights. <laughs> <laughs> so that's where he pulls that sample from. Yeah. We get a bu- bunch more of a, you know, do it and let's do it. Which is fun because uh, originally uh, uh, in that parade scene uh, where he says that uh, 200 balloons was supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah, that's and, right. And, and, th- and this, this sample is coming from 200 balloons. So more or yeah, less. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely playing around with, with, you know, that scene, calling out where's Batman when Batman really isn't. He doesn't sample Batman hardly at all in this song. Yeah. Um, you know, using the 200 balloon samples right after a sample from the scene that 200 balloons originally was going to be used in. So, yeah, yeah, a lot of cool callbacks there. Yeah. And and then there's this that great guitar solo. I can talk for, about that for ages. <laughs> yeah, you're right. This is this is where the guitar solo comes in. It kind of breaks up the first section, like the first musical yeah. section, like all those samples and the Batman and and uh, do it and get the funk up that all has kind of like the same music and then after that um where's the batman sample then we get the guitar solo that you're referring to that yeah. is excellent no question about it. that's an excellent guitar solo And then it's it's more or less then we get the next piece of you know the next chapter of the song which is kind of like you can call it the breakdown you can call it whatever you want but prince switches up the music at this point and it's kind of got like this funkier groove less less rock and more just kind of funk and we get the uh it's mostly bruce wayne and vicky vale samples going into this part yeah that's the kind of thing that I noted here. Is this is mostly Vicky Vale and Bruce Wayne samples. Stop the press. Stop the press. Who is that? Vicky Vale. Vicky Vale. I like that. Except for except for at the very beginning and and towards or the very beginning, which is stop the press. Who is that? Which is the yes. Joker. Yep. Um, then you get samples. Vicky Vale, Vicky Vale, and then you hear say, "I like." And then you go to the chorus, Batman. Oh, bats! Yep. She says, and that's another sample from the movie from Kim Basinger's lines. And then you have uh, Michael Keaton. Hi, Bruce Wayne. You, you know, introducing himself. So you kind of get an image. The imagery in your mind is the two of them, you know, talking, like having a conversation, yeah. even though it's just pulled snippets from the film. Yeah, it's all all, all various parts, of course. It, yeah, the high Bruce Wayne is him introducing himself to to Vicky, but the Vicky Vale uh, is, is from earlier when she introduces herself to uh, to the reporter uh, in in the newsroom. Um, but but matched together, it's it, it works perfectly. Yeah, it's like somebody taking a newspaper and clipping out different things. Um, different lines or different words to create a whole new sentence or a whole whole new paragraph. Yeah. yeah. I tried to avoid all this, but I can't. That's of course Bruce. Yeah. I just gotta know: Are we going to try to love each other? Says Vicky Vale. 
Then you get the Joker again, Stop the Press, Who Is That? And you get the Vicky Vale sample again. She is great, isn't she? She's great, isn't she? Isn't that Bruce? I think that Bruce says that. Yeah. Um, well, what I like here is that um, uh, the, the, this discussion, uh, Joker is at, at the beginning of it, stop the press, who's dead, and then at the end of it, he's there again. Uh, and, and basically what the movie does is, is portraying um, Joker and Batman as two sides of, the, of the, the, the same coin. Both characters have created each other, both go... Uh, after the same woman, uh, Vicky Vale in this case, both wear a mask, both even use the same language. Because in the, that scene where uh, uh, where Joker uh, uh, enters the, the, the apartment of, of Vicky, uh, Bruce, uh, and that sample is used here, uh, the, the, I try to avoid this, but I can't, is from that part. Bruce enters her apartment as well, and, and both uh, Joker and Bruce have the same opening line when they enter that apartment. So, hmm. so, so, so basically, the, the Gemini character, as we hear or see within this this song, is actually also the way the the, the character is put, the characters are portrayed in the movie, which yeah, I find no. very interesting. That's fascinating. Good insight, man. Yeah, I like that. This whole that whole section is really kind of cool and creative. I like the way he yeah. um, takes all those samples to create like a conversation but you know like you said book ended with with the joker yeah. just kind of showing how he's intermingled with this whole yeah. dynamic between bruce and vicky he's still part of it even when they're supposed to be you know coming together yeah uh then we get prince and this is the oh yeah oh yeah i want to bust that body oh yeah oh yeah i want to bust that body right and then we get a sample from bruce i'd like to and he repeats that, ooh yeah, ooh yeah. And then we get another sample, but he's out there right now. Yeah. Uh, do you remember who says that, but he's out there right now? Probably Bruce, yeah, that, right? That, that, that's Bruce. And what I like yeah. here is that uh, uh, within the, the lyric booklets, uh, the, the, the oh yeah, oh yeah, I want to bust that body part is attributed to, to Gemini once again. And, and basically Gemini is, is acting like a little angel and a devil on Bruce's shoulder. You know, he wants to commit <laughs> to that woman. So yep. uh, and, and, and so the so the Joker side of him is saying, you know, forget the world, just just go with her. And and then the angel on the other side saying, no, I have to go and fight crime, which is important, you know. So I I like that the duality here. Oh yeah, yeah, and it, and the samples match up with that entirely. So yeah, the I'd like to meaning I like to bust that body, yeah. <laughs> meaning I'd like to go with Vicky, have sex with her, yada yada. But then, like you said, the the, the, he's out the there good right part, now. he's out there yeah. right now, meaning like I, I really shouldn't be engaging in this because there's evil afoot. You know, the Joker's yeah. still out there menacing people in Gotham City. And, you know, I've, t- I've taken it upon myself to um, to protect the, the residents of this city. So I'd have to give up my my, you know, fleshly pleasures and <laughs> yeah. and do what I need to do. Yeah. So that, that is that is really cool. I like that yeah. too. 
Okay, so then after that whole section, we get the uh, we get a whole like almost like monologue quote from the Joker. Well, Miss Vale, ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it, and then you hear the screams of of Vicky. And this is all kind of like most of the samples have been just snippets or lines or words. But here he's got like this whole he decides to take this whole section of lines from the Joker and insert them here. Um, I mean, I like it. I I like that he did that because it is kind of a a way to kind of break up the sections of song to insert this in here and give it a pause. Um, And then we got the Dance with the Devil reference, which is where we pulled the name of the song that ended up not getting released. Anything you want to mention about this section, Edgar? No, I, I just I like I like this um, that that sentence "Have a dance with the devil in the pale moonlight" um, is 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 a very uh, important part within the movie because uh, right before uh, Bruce Wayne's parents are killed, um, the by the Joker, uh, who's then still Jack Napier, uh, and and Bruce Wayne is still a child. He he says that uh, before shooting, um, mm-hmm. and then years later. Uh, Bruce uh, hears him say it once again, and then he realizes, oh, no, this is the guy that killed my parents. So in the movie, this is a significant part. So I like that Prince highlighted it by expanding, especially this this little part, instead of just using a small sample. Yeah, I mean, it's to your point, it's a very significant plot aspect, plot development for him to, um, you know, hear that again and realize he's he's fighting his parents murderer so yeah and have it be something as poetic but also chilling you know that's that's very that's a very yeah. cool part of the the movie and to incorporate in the song just again adds that cool element into what is already a pretty cool song and what i like about it is that uh, that joker then says that it doesn't mean very much to him he just he just likes the sound of it exactly um, yeah yep. to that little boy whose parents got murdered it means a whole lot and when he hears it years later it still means a lot so so for one one of them it's it means nothing he just likes to say it, and for the other it means a lot so that's yeah like i said it's, it's very significant that the prince used all of that mm-hmm. and to kind of follow that up then after this whole joker monologue we get bruce or batman i don't remember who's saying at this point it's bruce okay yeah. i've got to go to work Batman, I've got to go to work. Um, which, again, you know, if you're if you're looking at it as a as a story, Joker's still out there. He's still menacing people. He's still threatening Vicky Vale. He's got to yeah. go to work. He's got to yeah. continue fighting. If you if you approach this as a story, this is the moment where he actually chooses. And if you for a few lines earlier, he's he's still doubting. Oh, I want to bust that body, but oh, he's out there right now. And then then you hear that dance with the devil part and then he, he he decides okay i gotta go to work that's more yeah. important yeah exactly he's made his choice now and this yeah. is where we get um electric chair lines re-recorded
If a man is considered guilty for what goes on in his mind, then give me the electric chair for all my future crimes. Oh, and you've got work being repeated work, work, work throughout that electric chair. Yeah, so yeah, we go. There's our other callback I, to earlier in the I was, album. I was thinking you you should do the screen as well, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> no, those print screams I do not repeat. I don't even attempt. Just <laughs> okay. just just me even attempting to sing on on these episodes is is uh, pushing the envelope a little bit for <laughs> for my skill level. But like right. I said, I, I like I like the, the 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 bigger part of of, of electric chair here, um, and it's um, within within the music video you you actually see an electric chair here with with a gun, and um, it, the the it implies that that um, that's coming up next, of course, but it it implies that he's he's contemplating in either killing or not killing, and this. That, that's why it's interesting that the electric chair part is uh, attributed to Gemini here uh, and not to Joker, like um, in or Batman or, or, or mm-hmm. whoever, uh, because it's again two sides of the same coin. So, yeah, I like the way he did that. Yeah, me too. So we still have the same same kind of music going on throughout the the background of these lines and these sections of the song. So this is still in, kind of like in my mind the the middle piece of the song. Is that, do, you, do you think um, when looking at Prince Fault, they don't say it as much, but I believe that, that, that what you're hearing in the background is actually uh, taken from a, a sample from uh, from Rave unto the Joy Fantastic, the song. There's supposed to be Rave samples in here. I just never really knew what it was. So is hmm. this what you think? Is this what you I believe? Think, uh, I, I think this this part that you just mentioned this is the Rave part. Huh? Okay. Yeah, very much could be. Now that you say yeah. that, I I'm hearing it. So I've always yeah. heard or understood that there's rave samples in here. I just wasn't sure where. Oh, no, I I looked at Princeville as one does when when doing these things, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and 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 there it says that the rave samples are in uh, in, in a few of the remixes. Um, but it doesn't specifically say that it's also in this. But but I I truly believe this is a rave sample. Very well, it could be. Yeah. All right. So then we get um, another line that is uh, original to the song, not a sample. Hey Jackie, let me stick the seven inch in the computer. Hey, Ducky, let me stick the seven inch in the computer. Hey, we got the power. Oh, we got the soul. We got to show enough get off to make the devil go. And then we get the sample. This town needs an enema. But let's back up. (laughs) Let's back up. Let's back up to the. uh, Hey, Ducky, let me stick the seven inch in the computer line. Yeah. Okay. So. Well, I mean, to me, it's always been a double entendre. I mean, there's there's the uh, seven inch floppy disk that you could buy, and and this would have been 
one of the modes of you know media transport via computer or yeah. to an electronic sampling um, program or machine. But then you've got the double entendre piece because it's prints, and yeah. so it could also be something else that, when it's not floppy, can be inserted. So yeah, I know. <laughs> I think everybody as, listening as, knows. As, as someone else uh, mentions, uh, even in within his body work, she needed seven inches or more. So exactly, know. this seems yeah. to be the magic number when it comes to uh, Prince referencing phalluses in his songs. Yeah. So you know, it, it's it's, but, but it's dirty, but it's not ducky? dirty. Yeah, who the hell is Ducky, exactly? The only Ducky I know is the Ducky from uh, 16 Candles. Yeah. Or no, wait, wait, Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. That's the movie yeah. that Ducky's in. So I don't know any other Ducky besides uh, John Cryer and Pretty in Pink. So I don't think he was referring to him. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I don't know. But what's interesting is this This is the, actually the first time, if you look in the booklet again, that Prince himself is um, is brought up as a character. This is Prince saying, hey, Ducky, let me stick the seven inch in the computer. Uh, it's not Gemini, it's not Bruce, it's not Joker, it's Prince, which is odd. You know, why would he step in there, say this and disappear again? Yeah, Strange. yeah, exactly. What, what's he doing in the story here? <laughs> he's making dirty jokes is what he's doing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> dirty jokes that, you know, get past the censors because it can also mean something very, very innocent. Yeah, he just does it because just to let let people know, you know, I, I'm Prince, and that there's that there there has to be some sex in a song, and it's well, busted body is, is but this this is better. So yeah, yeah, and actually the the whole this town needs an enema line. The sample from the Joker here is where I believe the radio edit then ends. I remember yeah. very distinctly hearing this song on the radio more than I heard, you know, the the full album version. And I believe it goes, this town needs an enema. And then you get the, the maniacal laughing at the end. They, yeah. they cut out everything between now and the end of the song for the radio edit. So, yeah, uh, I just read that was always a very striking way to end the uh, the radio edit version with a sample saying, this town needs an enema. <laughs> yeah. But it's also fitting because uh, if you look at the movie Joker, uh, when, when he says that, he has this huge boxing glove on a, on, on a stick and he uses it to punch punch out the television. And so so basically, uh, it's, it's the Joker just turning off the media, in, in this case, the radio. This town needs an enema. Yeah. Yeah. And done. <laughs> fitting. Fitting. Yeah. <sighs> So then we get. Um, this, I just want to touch, touch on uh, the, the, oh, yeah. the power and the soul stuff, which is a sample yep. from the song "We Got the Power." Um, and this, and this is very much, to me uh, at least, uh, a continuation of uh, of the love sexy themes. You know, that that's where he introduced the terms "new power soul," um, and um, and 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 this song in particular is also battling light and dark. In, in a very obvious way. So so basically, mm -hmm. even though this album is presented like a standalone album within Prince's body of work, it actually is, especially the song, to me at least, a sort of manifestation of the uh, the battle that's between the, the light and the dark that was like album Love Sexy back in, back in the day. Mm -hmm. And especially in this part, um, uh, 
with with, with the, uh, the the Joker saying, "Hey, we got the power," and then the the the, the bad dance uh, dancers saying, "Oh, we got the soul." So so the power is is fun, but the soul is more important. That's that's the message here. Well, yeah, and that that message continues. So yeah. you got a couple references to the devil. You got the Joker sample, "Dance of the Devil in the Pale Moonlight." You got here to make the devil go. So we kind of call back to, of course, the love sexy, you know, dark and light, um, spooky electric, uh, love sexy. And then yeah. the whole power soul. We got the power. We got the soul. Then it goes right into this. I'm going to kill you sample. Power in the background. I'm not going to kill you. Soul in the background. I'm going to kill you. Power in the background. I'm not going to kill you. Sample. Soul in the background. So it keeps going. That that. Yeah. that and what's interesting? What's interesting is that there's an, uh, the, the, the let's do it sample is, is right behind soul. So that's the, the, to me at least the, the message is don't kill him. Let's go for the soul. Let's do it. Yeah. Save your soul. Right. Yeah. Save your soul by doing the right thing. Yeah, the, the, basically, uh, uh, maybe maybe it's far-fetched, but basically that's what this segment means to me. No, so, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. I don't think yeah. it's far-fetched at all. I think these samples were really intentional. And the fact that he's got the, these samples of I'm going to kill you, I'm not going to kill you, I'm going to kill you, I'm not going to kill you, <laughs> right after yeah. saying power and soul, power and soul, yeah. to me is pretty clear that what he's trying to convey here is that this yeah. there's a... There's a conflict going on, not just a physical conflict, but also, um, you know, a, a, a decisive conflict with your, you know, your spirituality and your emotional well-being and and decision making that one has to make when you're going to do the right thing or versus, you know, doing the wrong thing in life. Yeah. Um, following following the light path, following the dark path. Yeah. So and, it's all right here. Yeah, and this is where Prince kind of rewrites the story of the movie because uh, Batman uh, uh, as a character doesn't kill and and one of the big complaints of a lot of people um, of the, the the 89 movie is that Batman does kill in this in this movie a lot of Joker's henchmen are killed by Batman as he has them explode in, the, in, in a factory and stuff like that and he shooting bullets at them uh, from, from the Batmobile so so Prince mm -hmm. is rewriting it here um, his Batman doesn't kill. Yeah, even though he thinks that it, he, you know, he doesn't want to. Sometimes, you know, yeah. it's the means to the end. But this is the part of the song where we finally get Batman. So, like yeah. we had earlier been talking about mostly Bruce Wayne, Vicky Vale, and the Joker, but now we finally get Batman. Yeah. I'm Batman, he says. I'm Batman. <laughs> That's all he says. <laughs> I'm Batman. And behind it is you got the screaming uh, Matthew Larson, I believe, again, saying, don't yeah. stop dancing. Don't stop dancing. And then you get more duets from 200 Balloons. So this is where the song starts to kind of get hectic. Not that it hasn't been hectic up to this point, but we're building to the, the natural conclusion. Yeah. Again, lots of lots of samples, lots of aspects of the song, like the Batman being sung again. 
Don't Stop from the Don't Stop Dancing being sampled and truncated. Let's do it and do it from 200 Balloons. More Don't Stop Dancing. Let's do it. Batman, Don't Stop Dancing. And then you get more screaming, no, damn it, turn the music back up, you son of a bitch. Uh, so all of this is cut out of the radio yeah. edit version, but it's on the album version. Yeah. What I find interesting here is that um, that's the, the, the whole, uh, no, damn it, turn the music back up, you son of a bitch part is edited from the lyrics um, in the booklet. It's not there. So uh. Uh, uh, when, when, when uh, researching this, this podcast, I, the first thing I did was take the lyric booklet and uh, I was going, you know, there's, there's this part missing. So I don't, I don't know why he cut that out, but it's, it's not in the booklet. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It isn't. I mean, some of these lines, like these are the things that Prince just wanted him to scream for whatever reason. And, yeah. and maybe he was going to do something with them, not do something with them. It's more of like just a, another sample. It's just a, yeah. a unique, an ind- a um, discrete sample that's unrelated to the film. So just a sample that Prince wanted, but he could, probably couldn't find anybody <laughs> or couldn't find yeah. a sample that fit. So he's like, I need I need to create my own samples. So yeah. I have this dude yell it, and I'm going to sample it. Yeah. Well, uh, well I, I want to back up a little bit, the, the, the I'm Batman sample. I like the story of that uh, because uh, the original uh, um, uh I'm Batman is also sampled in the future, of course. Um, but the original script says uh, that when the talk asks, uh, who are you? Uh, the, the original script said, I am the knight. And if you read the comic book um, from, from the movie, which I read as a kid, um, because of the movie being very late here in the Netherlands, like I said, it, it didn't come out for months after. So we had the comic book and we had, we had the Prince uh, soundtrack. Uh, and in the comic book, it still says, I am the knight. And Michael Keaton improvised at that point, I'm Batman. And it's such a powerful sentence that even within this song, it, it, it really stands out to me. So I really like that Prince used it here. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I wouldn't have known that because I wasn't um, an avid reader of the comics. So thanks for for filling me in on that. I didn't know yeah. that it's it was an improvised line. Yeah. It's, it's it's one of the best improvisations ever because uh, I'm Batman is just it, it's still used in, in in various incarnations of the character throughout the years. Yeah. So we have to go back to the Joker now. Yes, we have to go back to the Joker. The Joker says, "Have you ever heard of the healing power of laughter?" And then we get um, another sample from Two Hundred Balloons. Who's going to stop Two Hundred Balloons? Nobody. Then we get Batman again. Somebody saying Batman, and then you hear Michael Keaton say stop yeah. that's the song yeah which is which is funny because uh, there are two points in the song uh, if you take the lyric book that there are attributed to prince himself which is uh, the hey ducky uh, part and the stop in the end um which but that's not prince though <laughs> but, it, but it's not him it's 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 from the part of the movie where batman uses a, a voice control to stop the batmobile yes um, so so it's, it's really weird that he in the video, you see him say stop, but it, it isn't him. So I, I haven't a clue why why he did, he went there himself uh, or, or why he included himself in the booklet right here and just not used the Batman character, which would have made much more sense. 
Yeah, totally. I don't get that either. But honestly, you know, it it sounds like it could. I mean, if you're not paying attention, it sounds like Prince. I mean, that's like Prince's speaking voice. Yeah. Um, you know, the Batman. So Michael Keaton's voice versus, you know, what he the voice he uses to play Batman, because Batman's always known to have like a much lower register. And, you know, Christian Bale's character version of Batman took that to the the nth degree with it being real, being real raspy and, and growly. But, you know, Michael Keaton did it, too. I mean, he made sure yep. to lower his register when he was speaking as Batman. And so and Prince is famously known for having a low speaking voice, which people you know are surprised at when they hear him talk. If you're used to hearing his singing voice, especially his falsetto. So the stop at the end of the song sounds like it could be Prince. If you're not familiar with the film or familiar with that scene where Batman says that. So, yeah, he could he could trick somebody into thinking it was him saying it if he wanted. Yeah, absolutely. And and it is a perfect ending to this song. So, oh, yeah. Stops on a dime. Like, you know, it's chaos, 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 chaos. Stop. Yeah. And then. That's the song, and that's also the album. That's uh, a great way to see. I like this is what I like about. Well, I guess some streaming services you can stop it from replaying, but when I would have like this on my iPod back in the day, you know, it would all it would just unless you told it otherwise, it would just repeat the album over and over and over. Like it would be on auto repeat, and I like the fact that it's if if this song is the ending for the album that you stop it and then you don't just automatically go right back into the album because I feel like you need to sit with it for a little bit. Um, and just kind of catch your breath after this song is over because there's, it is pretty intensely, uh, chaotic as I've mentioned before. And I, I like just the, the immediate closure that we get from the album in the song by stopping it in that way. Absolutely. Well, That is Bat Dance, Edgar. That is Bat Dance. Yeah. I can't I believe we've talked for over an hour on Bat Dance <laughs> on a lyrics podcast. <laughs> oh, I can't either. Especially with these kinds of lyrics. You know, for, for, like you mentioned earlier, first we did this, <laughs> the Glam Slam, which is, well, lyrically, it doesn't really make sense. <laughs> now, now this one. which Fun to talk about, though. <laughs> yeah, it's very fun to talk about. And, and and like you, I love this song dearly, so I can talk about it for, 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 for hours on end if I have to. There's so much going on and and there's there's so much well, just fun things going on. This that's to me the most important. It's, it, 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 this is a fun song. Yeah, and I think you know, you did a really wonderful job of providing context and helping provide context where there's the in the way that the song was structured, in the way that the song was built around these samples it isn't just samples for samples sake like i think he's really trying to um have you know have some sort of mini narrative that goes on throughout this song and these samples are helping us as the listener understand what this narrative means telling little little stories within the song adding them in a way that logically makes sense you know, instead of just throwing shit up against the wall and seeing what sounds good, it's like there's some logic behind it. And that's what I think what we were able to do in this episode is provide a little yeah. bit of context around the samples and the logic, why they were added, why they were included and why they were in the yeah. order that they were in. Yeah, basically, it's, this is Prince's fan edit of the movie in, in, in the musical <laughs> version. And yeah. and, that, and and like you said, he, he did pay attention and he 
just try to con convey uh, a message here. And, and what, I, what I find interesting is that a lot of people say, well, this was an easy song. He just threw it together. And well, he might have just threw it together, but there's obviously a lot of thinking that has gone into this. And he should have watched the, the whole movie multiple times um, to get the right samples uh, because you can't, uh, uh, yeah, if you see yeah. the movie only, we, we see the movie and we hear the samples immediately, but he had to work with a rough cut, um, and, and maybe he even had to work with uh, with 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 a version that he had to uh, uh, edit again because the, the the sample he used didn't end up in the in the eventual movie. So oh yeah, yeah, good point. So 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 this this is this is a very uh, impressive piece of of well layer building and, and building a story here. So so in, in that that sense, it is it is an impressive song. No, I, I agree 100% with that. I, it, it, I think it's just as difficult, if not more difficult, to do a song like this than it is just to, you know, write a, a very traditional guitar-based or piano-based song. Um, I mean, not to say that that's easy either. <laughs> of course, it's not easy. No. I can't do it. <laughs> but to do but something this this interesting and unique and make it come off as, or have it come off as being... A cohesive uh, piece of art couldn't have been and, easy, and he didn't do it a lot no, either. No, especially in the late 1980s, when with the, the technology was there, of course, like you mentioned, pump up the volume was 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 way ahead of its time as well. But it wasn't easy. These days, you you cut and paste everything uh, in your computer, and, and you can throw a song like this together in well, few few minutes if you if if you really want to. But back in the day, the, those the, the te technology was a lot, lot less uh, um, advanced. So, so it was was a, possibly a lot of work to to have it fit like this. Mm -hmm. Yeah, good point. I'm glad you brought that up because this I'm sure this took quite a bit of time. Yeah, yeah. we know Prince we, was a workaholic, we, but yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but we sometimes forget that uh, you know things we take for granted like now. Uh, you know stuff you can film on your on your telephone you you can make pictures you can remix anything you you want in in a few seconds and back in the day it was a lot of hard work um, mm -hmm. and we we tend to forget that the process we now know is is totally different from the process like 35 years ago mm. yes very much so very much so he put a lot of time and effort so i'm glad that um this song was successful for him and i'm glad it was a an integral part of the the film and or not the film so much but of the soundtrack at least and of the uh, rollout of the the soundtrack and and lead up to the movie so it, it it earned every every accolade that it received in my opinion yeah and it should be mentioned that the the, the song is, is 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 not on most of the, the compilation albums it, it was one of his biggest hits but probably right help with all the samples going on uh but it, the song isn't on, on, I don't believe it's on any of his greatest hits compilations. Uh, you might be right. There might be one, the Forever compilation. Forever, maybe. But it, yeah. it wasn't, it, it wasn't on, on the hits to be sites, and it wasn't on um, what, Ultimate the, the Friends or the very best. Yeah. No. Which is Basically, all the ones that were released when he was still alive, it's not on. Yeah. But maybe that was also was was Warner uh, uh, being angry at him, you know, with all the stuff that was going on. 
So sure. If, if, sure. if you want awesome. to be difficult, we are not going to clear those samples of our movie. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, Edgar, do you have any other final thoughts about the song, or do you think we've captured everything? <laughs> I think we, <laughs> we captured everything. Uh, I think so too. Yeah, I, I love talking about this song, but but we have we have we have, we have captured the, the most important stuff. Absolutely. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, uh, where can people find you and what you're doing on social media, Edgar? Um, well, you can find me. Uh, I'm not going to try to to say my name in English. Edgar Kruijs uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, and whatever, everywhere. Um, I uh, am, am the host of the Prince Twitter thread series, um, which uh, which you are a contributor uh, to as well, and which we thank you very much. Uh, I do that uh, together with my co-host uh, UMB, um, and well. That's that's basically what uh, what we're doing. I'm also uh, trying to to do do some some more stuff on, on YouTube. I did a video about the cloud guitars a while ago, and I'm working on a, a video about Prince being a comic book character, which ties in neatly with this uh, bed dance uh, uh, obsession of mine. Uh, but I don't think it will be ready. Uh, soon because I'm, I'm i'm a noob uh, <laughs> when it comes to videos so but but i i will get to it eventually okay so. well i'll point people in the direction of your youtube so that way whenever it does go up they'll be able to find it no problem yeah thank you all right well thanks again edgar for being on this has been yeah. the presser wine prince lyrics podcast i'm your host jason brenninger you can find the show on facebook instagram twitter youtube Presswind.net is the website I use to host the show. You can find episodes there if you're, you know, not using your your most favored podcast catcher. Also, do some writing on that uh, blog every once in a while. So, pop in, say hi, and until next time, goodbye. Whoever heard? Stop.